0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are early candidates for an under-the-radar team in 2023, and we will tell you why. That and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Bucks,
1: Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You always get the latest episodes when they drop or when we go live like this right now, you get notified and you can join in on the live chat here on the show. I am James Yarko, deputy editor of SBNation's BucksNation.com. joined by my phenomenal co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find his work over at bucksgameday.com part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And, of course, you can follow everything on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks at JYarko underscore and at DHarrison82.
1: That you can. Thank you for making the Locked on Bucks podcast. Your first listener, your first view every single day. Todd Bowles said some some things about Kate Otten that can be taken in a good light or can be taken in a little bit of a concerning light. We'll have to take a look at what he said later. Bruce Feldman of the Athletic dropped an interesting mock draft uh to end the week here that is gonna get some reactions from us here on the show today. But first, we're gonna start with Todd Bowles. We're gonna end with Todd Bowles' comments. We're gonna we're gonna begin with Todd Bowles' comments because he mentioned life after Tom Brady when asked about it by NFL Network's Judy Batista, asking him about the offseason and the future of the Buccaneers when the topic of the quarterback came up and, of course, the loss of Tom Brady. Bowles said, quote, you lose an aura. You lose the expectation to be great. That doesn't mean you can't be great. End quote. As things shifted to Baker Mayfield, Bowles talked about the two of them hitting it off when Bowles was with the Jets and visited uh, the oklahoma sooners campus and met baker mayfield there. Bull both said that with the offense that they want to run mayfield was a perfect fit and that guys like to play with him that his leadership style just kind of absorbs people uh, and draws them and that's, that's not the words that todd bulls use but those are the words i'm going to use uh You're here in this break. moment they fight for him because he fights for them and and honestly james i've been around quarterbacks that are kind of like that granted a little bit more on the wholesome side of, of being passionate but with mayfield at quarterback Dave Canales, an offensive coordinator and minimal expectations for the Buccaneers widespread from the national media, local, sometimes people, even some Bucs fans are are very down on this year's squad. Can this Buccaneers roster 2023 be an under the radar success this season? I think they can, but I think it also depends on how you measure
0: success. Now, Todd Bowles mentioned uh, to Judy Batista that they would measure a successful season the same way they measure every season, the first uh, the first hurdle is to win the division. Then you want to make some noise in the playoffs and ultimately compete for a championship. So, how would you measure the Buccaneers' success this year? Well, Vegas has the the over under on wins at six and a half. So, you know, like you said, there's there's minimal expectation at this point because of Baker Mayfield. But you take a look at the team, and and we've talked numerous times about roster holes, what they need to do in the draft, how they're kind of punting this season because they have all that dead money and they need to get out from under it before they can really start to attack things next year. I would say a successful season is playing meaningful football in December. And it goes back to something that we've talked about on this show, you know, four, five, six years ago. You want to be playing meaningful football. So if the Buccaneers are still in a situation, especially in a weekend NFC, where they are still in the hunt after Thanksgiving That's successful for the way this roster is constructed. And and you take a look, is it going to be Baker? Is it going to be Kyle Trask? You still have Mike Evans. You still have KDOT. You still have Rashad White. You still have Levante and Devin and Antoine and Vita. You still have a lot of talent on this football team. So it's about what is Dave Canales looking to do offensively? Can Baker Mayfield, you know, Manage the game enough and not make the mistakes that you you've seen him make in the past. He's made great plays, he's made mistakes, but can he run Canales' offense effectively enough that the Buccaneers are, you know, looking at eight, nine wins late in the season and could put themselves in a position to nab one of the wildcard spots?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think they can absolutely potentially do that, especially when you kind of look at the lay of the land. And, you know, uh, so what Todd Bull said about Baker Mayfield specifically is that guys just kind of naturally gravitate towards him. Those are his words, uh, better than than my words, granted. Um, but I think that's actually very, very important. And I kind of go back to the acquisition of Antonio Brown, and it's kind of like the opposite that we're, effect that we're kind of getting here, right? And even Leonard Fournette uh, to a certain extent. But if you go back, James, when those two guys came in to the building, I think we had this conversation a little bit more with Leonard Fournette because by the time uh, AB was here, I think that it was kind of uh, kind of already discussed and asked an answer and all that kind of stuff. If I'm getting the the chronology, the chronology right uh, in these two stories. But basically a lot of the comments coming from some Bucks fans, but a lot of media really was that this person, whether it be Leonard Fournette or Antonio Brown, was going to erode the team from the inside out and be a cancer in the locker room and do all of these things. And what did we say back then that saying that this one player or even the two players combined, if you had a concern about both of them, could possibly erode this team from the inside out is really disrespectful to all the leaders that are on this team and in the locker room. Well, simultaneously, to say that without Tom Brady, this team just simply cannot produce and cannot be uh, a talented squad is, again, disrespectful to the same level, just on a different angle uh, to to the talent that's on this roster. And I think what's really important is like guys like Levante David, guys like Mike Evans, they spent so much time with this team, not meeting their potential, right? And if Tom Brady taught them anything, it's the attitude and the approach needed to fulfill that potential. And so hopefully now they actually believe in it just as much as, I mean, us, right? Where we did podcast shows, we kept talking about year after year after year, how the roster was more talented than the record. Everybody always says mm-hmm. you are what your record is. But we kept saying, this team is not what their record is. <laughs> the results are, absolutely. But that team was better than the record. And then it took one guy to come in and say, you know what? No matter what's happening, we're going to believe in us. And they ended up with a Super Bowl ring. That one person, it was more the mentality and the approach that that affected that growth than it was the talent. Not saying Tom Brady's not talented. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But it was more the mentality and the approach of how they played the game as a squad and the fact they believed in each other. Now the time is gone. You're going to need Mike. You're going to need Levante. You're going to need all the leaders on this team. The young ones, too. Devin antoine winfield chris godwin they need to be the voice that says believe in us believe in what we're doing because that's how we're going to be successful and also believe in people like daytona dad in the live chat who james yarko is his favorite locked on host i'm not going to take that personally richard also in the locked on chat from joining us from los angeles appreciate all of you joining joining us commenting in the uh in the youtube live chat here but also watching even if you're not commenting we appreciate you for being here as well but yeah james I mean, absolutely, this team could be an under the radar success because if there is success at all, it's all going to come under the radar. Because let's be honest, everybody outside of Bucks Nation and maybe the Locked On Bucks podcast, because we're a little bit, you know, optimistic about what might be uh, coming down the road, is basically counting the Buccaneers out. You might as well be picking in the top three next year. Meanwhile, we and some of our listeners and viewers are crossing the fingers a little bit, but hopeful that this leadership on this team that's left over can get this team to be competitive. Even if you don't make the playoffs, be competitive, and that's going to be more than what people expected from the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and if you're a competitive team and you're competing for that wild card spot come December, you know the the Baker Mayfield experiment worked, and and is he going to command the kind of money after the season that you saw Daniel Jones get or you saw Derek Carr get? I don't know, maybe, but it also kind of removes you from that opportunity to be able to draft a Caleb Williams or a, uh, I, I can't even remember the, is it Drake may uh, there's bone. Yeah, um, it kind of takes you out of that running, right? So maybe you bring Baker back because he truly is, you, it is, it isn't just lip service or coach speak from Todd Bowles. He really is the perfect fit for what Dave Canales wants to do. And, and the Buccaneers can find themselves to be successful in, in that vein. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but something that's not so successful uh, is a recent mock draft that came out from Bruce Feldman. And no, it's not mock draft Monday, but we need to talk about this. And, uh, and that's coming up next here on the Locked On Box podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or a puff, and now is your time to make it count. So go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite. Lemon-dipped cheesecake puff was upset in the Built 16 by double chocolate, but that's okay because brownie batter puff took care of business and avenged us in the Built 8, advancing to the Built 4 as a result. So we're down to brownie batter puff against cookies and cream and a cookie dough chunk puff against the salted caramel bar in the built for I'm going to vote for cookies and cream but you go vote for your favorite bar or puff and you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Built Bar is still the best protein bar on the market. It's so good for you, but tastes amazing while delivering high amounts of protein with very little sugar. And it is covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So
1: hop in and support your pick. Thanks once again for making a locked on box. First listener, first view every single day. Mock drafts are designed to elicit conversation, mm-hmm. they examine what could happen if what if happened and then spark insight and analysis from there. To get a feel of what makes sense and what doesn't. For example, James, through our mock drafting, I'm pretty sure I actually don't want the Buccaneers to draft an interior offensive lineman in round one unless it involves a significant trade back that gets at least an additional day two pick. Through I'm our down. mock drafting, is there a take that you have about the Buccaneers first round up to this point? Uh I think my main take
0: is the Bucs could pick from about five or six different positions and it would make total sense but there are a couple of positions where it would it would literally just confuse me and you wouldn't want to miss that live reaction episode because i would probably say things that we're not allowed to say on this network out of sheer frustration confusion and um yeah uh, this this happens to fall into that category (laughs)
1: Yeah, because one of those position groups is probably the wide receiver group, at least in day one, right? And something that I learned on Friday as we got ready for this live episode, James, is that I don't like Bruce Feldman's latest mock draft, Mm -hmm. not even a little bit, because in his latest mock draft, he has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting a receiver. And it's not a receiver that's going to move the needle a whole lot, but it's Boston College wide receiver, Zay Flowers. And in his mock draft, Bruce Feldman writes, whether Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask can prove to be the answer at quarterback in the post Tom Brady era, the Bucs need to upgrade at receiver. The Bucs need to upgrade at receiver. While the idea of picking an offensive tackle here might be tempting, Flowers is too good to pass up. I can see there being some consideration here for USC's Jordan Addison, but the hunch is that Flowers is the most complete prospect, although both are undersized. The 5 foot 9, 182-pound Flowers who only has a 29 and a quarter inch arms, but does have 4.42 speed. And a 10-7 broad jump proved to be a one-man wrecking crew for BC, despite not having many offensive pieces around him in 2022. He caught 56 passes for 892 yards and nine touchdowns, despite being the main focus of rival defenses. So at number 19, according to Bruce Feldman, again of the Athletic, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get themselves Zay Flowers. Now, James, here's here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm, here's where I have a problem with what Bruce Feldman just wrote. Uh, There for the Atlantic or the Atlantic, the Athletic. It has nothing to do really about Zay Flowers. Like Zay Flowers may be a first round prospect wide receiver, but I take a little bit of exception to the phrasing the Buccaneers need an upgrade at the wide receiver position because while I agree that they could certainly use some more talent in the wide receiver room, Scotty Miller is gone and they haven't brought back a whole lot of other guys. um, I don't see Zay Flowers being an upgrade over anybody except for maybe Russell Gage. And honestly, when I look at Zay Flowers and I look at Russell Gage, they look very, very similar in what they're going to bring to the field. And I'm not sure that Zay Flowers is actually better than Russell Gage in year one. Maybe his ceiling is higher, but he's not better than Chris Godwin when he's healthy. He's not better than Mike Evans. He's not nearly as established. So you're talking about spending a number 19 overall pick on a third wide receiver at best, potentially a number four wide receiver. Now, the irony here is that the Washington Commanders actually did this last year. They traded back from 11 to 16. They drafted Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson ended up basically the third wide receiver behind Terry uh, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. The difference there and here is that Curtis Samuel was coming off of a season where he played in like three games but played maybe a dozen more snaps in the season than I did. That's the biggest difference here. They drafted Jahan Dotson not knowing if they had a number two receiver because of Curtis Samuel's health situation. Now, he ended up being healthy, so he ended up the number two but in this situation, the Buccaneers have two top receivers, they like Russell Gage. He seems to fit what Dave Canales does. I don't see the point in the value in drafting Zay Flowers at number 19. Not that the Bucs don't need wide receivers, just not here.
0: Yeah, and and this is nothing against Zay Flowers. I mean, he could turn into an absolutely phenomenal weapon in the NFL. He can use that blazing speed to be, you know, kind of a um yeah, I don't want to say that he's gonna his ceiling is Debo Samuel, but he could be used in a myriad of ways to help the offense, right? He could, you know, run the ball. He could get those end arounds, the screens, the the short slants. Of course, he could stretch the defense, all that. Zay Flowers could be a, a tremendous NFL player. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Jamar Chase. He's not Julio Jones. He is not a franchise-changing wide receiver that a team that already has a number one. And a number one and a number three needs to ignore offensive line help, defensive line help, safety, corner. Yeah. I mean, I could make a better argument for the Bucks to draft a tight end at 19, and we're going to talk about tight ends here in just a little bit., yeah. but drafting a wide receiver at nineteen when you have one starting tackle, one starting safety, you you have two starting down linemen for you know, on the defensive side of the ball because we don't know what Logan Hall is. It, it makes yeah. it makes no sense. It, it makes none at all. And, and Bruce Feldman, no disrespect to him either, because he does phenomenal work. He he really does, he knows these prospects inside and out. I enjoy his work, he just really, really botched this pick for the Buccaneers when you take a look at what other players the Buccaneers could have taken here that would be day one starters you're talking about a guy David like you mentioned who may not even get past Russell Gage on the depth chart in his rookie year and you passed up starting players to take him it just there will be another Zay Flowers next year and the year after that in the year after that in the year and after that maybe so later in this year's class yeah you you obviously. don't need to do this at 19
1: right and and richard in, in the live chat kind of makes draws the parallel between this pick and, and john ross of the cincinnati yeah. bengals which obviously did not did not pan out john ross significantly faster and maybe significantly faster to the doghouse in his nfl career as well uh all you know wish the best of luck to zay flowers wherever he ends up but yeah. it should not be tampa without a lot more signings happening between now in the nfl draft that i don't really see happening because um feldman kind of wrote uh the, the 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 draw to draft a tackle in this position might be really really strong but that they need an upgrade at receiver and that's honestly i just that's kind of where I, my biggest uh pet peeve is here with this whole pick in the first place um but let's talk about some of the players that feldman skipped over to the buccaneers to to get flowers uh, offensive tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, which 19 is a little bit of a reach for him. Okay, sure, got it. Matthew Bergeron, another offensive tackle from Syracuse. Darnell Wright from the Tennessee Volunteers, a guy that we've uh, seen connected to the Buccaneers a lot lately. Lot, a lot lately. Also some cornerbacks, Deontay Banks, a big nickel. You've got Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Zion McCollum, hopefully developing as an outside corner. You need a nickel guy. You can't just have Antoine Winfield Jr. play the deep single coverage and the nickel. you got to have somebody in there to help him out. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes who's more of a perimeter guy, but still athletic enough that maybe you can consider to add him to the mix. Let Jamal Dean work in the slot a little bit. Cam Smith, who has a little bit of that ability as well. Defensive lineman, Brian Brissy, you bring him here in, you let him compete behind gains and and with Logan Hall for playing time and, and may the best three man front win. And oh, by the way, James, someone who clack five whites. I'm not sure if I said that right. Is a point out here. Alabama safety. Brian Branch is available at number 19. And instead of taking him. To run next to Antoine Winfield Jr., Bruce Feldman takes a wide receiver. Yeah. If Brian Branch is there,
0: um, you you run to the podium with the pick. He is a day one starter. He is a phenomenal compliment to Antoine Winfield Jr. He's the only safety, and you all know, you all know how much I love my dude Sidney Brown. Brian Branch is the only safety in this class that I think is worth drafting in the first round. So I will say this: it's a good thing that Feldman didn't have the Bucks taking a tight end in the first round because it seems that Jason Light is more than happy with what they have in Cade Otten. That is coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. Today's episode of Locked on Bucks is also brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. <music> Open things up here on a live Friday edition of locked on Bucks podcast and Kate Otten. Everybody knows that I'm a Kate Otten guy, but Kate Otten is exactly the type of tight end that the Buccaneers want and need in their offense. So Joe Bucks fan spoke with Buccaneers general manager, Jason light earlier this week. And they asked about Otten's ability to block. And as you guys know, the Buccaneers have utilized their tight ends to block in uh, numerous situations, especially to help out the left side when Donovan Smith would have his struggles. Um, but you know, they asked about his ability to block and if he's the type of player that the Buccaneers need in order to succeed or as they shop around for a tight end, whether that's still in free agency or the draft, uh, if there will be a focus on more of the blocking tight end versus the pass catcher like Cameron Brait was, who they just released. So Jason Light told them, quote, I definitely think he is, and Dave Canales does as well. We all feel that way. He's going to get better this year. I'm not going to say there's not a big emphasis on the ability to block, but in this offense, you know we just need guys that are tenacious and stay after it. Not necessarily a road grader. Those road grader blockers, the Gronkowskis, are few and far between. End quote. So David, this sounds to me more like the Buccaneers offense, the Dave Canales offense now, uh, isn't going to involve a lot of blocking tight ends, and instead the tight ends are going to be used more as the pass-catching targets Rather than than staying in and and helping pick up, uh, you know, pick up blitzers and 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 help out. Oh yeah, Donovan Smith's
1: not here. They don't need to help him anymore. <laughs> that's that's kind of the that's kind of the part of this right that kind of that that convolutes things a little bit. Like that's what kind of makes mock drafting this year a little bit harder than years past. Like if Kate Otten and Coke Keith were were your tight ends coming into this year's mock or mock draft NFL draft and we were mock drafting for, say, Bruce Arians' offense or Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich's offense, we're familiar. We've seen what that looks like, right? Dave Canales, we haven't seen what that looks like yet, and, and intelligently so. The Buccaneers are not just going to come out and say, yeah, man, we're going to run 80% 11 personnel and, and you know, 20% 12 personnel, and, and all these Like they're not going to give that away because there's no need to. So really what we have to do is draw from Seattle and say, okay, well, how much of that do we think is going to translate? Now, Dave Canales has been with Pete Carroll for a long, 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 long time. So it's I think you can probably estimate that a, a good amount of it is going to translate. How many times did the Seattle Seahawks go after a tight end that blocks first, catches later or even blocks and catches equally? Not often. In fact, when they traded Russell Wilson, they actually forced the Denver Broncos to give them Noah Fant who is okay at blocking, but much better as a receiver. So I think if you're looking tight end in the NFL draft, you have to kind of right now go with that type of mentality, mostly 11 personnel. And you're looking for a guy that can catch first, block second, if you can get it. If you can get a guy who just catches and doesn't really block, okay. That's what we have swing tackles for. That's what we have co-key for. That's what we have uh, you know, quick passes and play actions and screens and all this other stuff for. Because all of those things accumulate to force defenders to be a little bit slower off the line. Hesitate a little bit before they go full speed at your quarterback. There, there are other things that you can do there. So if we're looking at that... Unfortunately for me, that means Darnell Washington, probably not very high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers board, because while he's a good blocker and a good receiver, his route running leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, and and as a receiver, that's that's kind of, I mean, the, the, your release, your stem, your break really are the, the most important parts of catching the ball is really the last thing. And, you know, uh, we know Darnell can do that, but not as well as some other guys in this draft, right? So like Sam Laporta in the second round is a good option, things like that. But also if you're running mostly 11 personnel, how much of a need does that make the tight end position? Because right. I've said earlier this offseason, James, I think tight ends a big need for the Buccaneers offense, because I don't think Kate got Kate Otten has proven himself to be a number one tight end. But if Dave Canales is sitting there saying, you know what guys, we don't need a Travis Kelsey. We don't need a Mark Andrews. We don't need a Zach Ertz in his prime. We don't need a Dallas Goddard. We don't need a Dalton Schultz. We can make do with a Kate Otten. And guess what? If Kate Otten is a tight end one to Dave Canales, then Kate Otten's a tight end one. It's kind of like Trent Dofer is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. <laughs> Doesn't mean that if he under-retired, you not want to go sign him right now. But you know what? For the Baltimore Ravens, they made Trent Dofer a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So that's, that's kind of the unknown right now. And we'll know a lot more uh, when we go into uh, the NFL draft and when we see who they come away with. Because if they go tight end, in the first round, whatever those features are that we're going to basically contrast the K dot and say this is what they were looking for, um, and if they don't, then you're going to understand just how much Dave Canales really values the tight end position within his offense. All I just heard you say is the Michael Mayer dream is still alive. Uh, I mean, it could be. You know what I mean? It it absolutely could be. Um, uh, but this is why we get into the conversation, and Gary Bateman is see you in the in the live chat trying to goat me into. Uh, an hour-long episode on best player available <laughs> best player available is is married to your team needs right um so while we say that you know it's it's very important to try to understand what the team needs and again on defense you know a little bit right you know what Todd Bowles likes to do he's seen it for years and years um and all those things and honestly it wasn't any different than when he was with the New York Jets or the Arizona Cardinals but with Dave Canales that's the new wrinkle here and I mean we don't even know honestly I mean, we talk about Bijan Robinson in the first round, and a lot of us scoff at it. But you know what? If Dave Canales is looking at Rashad White and saying, "Yeah, man, you're a really great running back for my system," as the complimentary guy, but Bijan, that's my primary guy. You can see Bijan Robinson at number 19.
0: Yeah, uh, you certainly could. And by the way, Daytona Dad, I do see you in the chat as well. Donovan Smith getting all the shade. Look, I, I, David and I both defended Donovan Smith for a very, very long time. I kid because I love, and um, I think overall he did a better job than many people wanted to give him credit for, uh, but that wasn't to say that he didn't have his uh, his struggles. And Richard in the chat, I don't remember a rookie tight end having a breakout rookie year. It doesn't happen often. You're 100% right. Um, there are the rare occasions where a rookie tight end does have a really, really solid season, but for the most part, rookie tight ends tend to not really break out and have explosive rookie seasons. It tends to be years two, three, four, where they really start to skyrocket. Um, So don't draft uh, rookie tight ends in your fantasy draft. But uh, look, you all know that that I I like K-Dotten a lot, and I think he can be a tight end one. I think we saw flashes of it. But we didn't see it consistently enough. It's kind of the same issue that I have with Joe Tryon Shoyinka. You can see the growth. You can see the potential. It's about the consistency. You know, with with JTS, it's about finishing. With Otten, it's about the consistency. He would have games where he looked like an absolute stud. Then he had games where he dropped four of his five targets. Like hit him square in the hands, and he straight up dropped it. So you need to see him take that next step, go up to that next level, and maybe in the Dave Canales offense, that's exactly what he's going to do. And I I obviously joke about Michael Mayer because my son's a Notre Dame fan and he loves Michael Mayer. Um, But I don't see that being a target. I honestly don't see tight end being a target in the first two days. You know, Kate Otten was a fourth round pick, probably would have gone higher if it wasn't for some injury issues during the combine and the pro days and all of that, but the Buccaneers could find exactly what they want on, on day three at the tight end position. It's a deep tight end draft, and if they're looking for one specific kind that maybe doesn't need to block all that much, you can definitely find that guy on day three.
1: So, Yeah, absolutely. Roy, I agree with you on the running back thing. I wasn't advocating for the drafting of Bijan Robinson, just just throwing out some what-ifs there, which is what mock drafts do. DeSona, Dad, um, Darren Waller's breakout season was his fourth season in the NFL.
0: All right. And with that, we will bid you all a fair adieu. Thank you all so much for joining in on the live show and the live chat. You guys have been absolutely awesome. We're going to continue to do this on Fridays. So make sure that you subscribe to YouTube. You will get notified when we go live. And being a subscriber means you get to jump in and join in on the live chat with whatever we are talking about. But we want to thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We will be back for Mock Draft Monday, where we'll evaluate trade-up possibilities. Ooh. If you have a player that you want the Bucks to trade up for, let us know by emailing us at lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com at or send a DM to the Locked On Bucks account on Twitter, which is at Locked Bucks. Check out David's work over at bucksgameday.com. Check out my work. Over at BucksNation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at lockedonbucks at JArco underscore Bucks and at D Harrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.